expecting the words to begin. Expecting the rest of our life to <coughs> go forward from this day. Expecting to see familiar people, travel back to familiar towns, a perfectly natural quality, looking forward, fearing, hoping, simply proliferating. The mind settles on the moment, takes hold of its structures and conventions, and builds an estimated, a fabricated future, expecting, fearing, hoping, filling up the unknown with a belief, a plan, an anxiety, a hope. Thereby, missing this, missing the uh, ordinary perfection of this, <clears throat> In the Thai language, the word for ordinary is tamada. This comes from the Pali word dhammata, meaning of the nature of dhamma. This is the clue. Right here in the ordinary, the utterly unremarkable, the last morning sitting when the retreat's over and we've got to pack up and we've got to go and gotta, gotta, gotta. It's utterly unremarkable, totally unique, precious moment. not just a pun to call this moment the present. It is a present. This is the gift we get all day, every day. We receive this gift, this present, but we fail to open it. We're not even conscious or grateful that we've received this gift. We receive the present, but we don't open it. <coughs> we overlook the ordinary because we don't realize that 
within the, the tamada is the dhammata. The dhamma is apparent here and now, timeless. It's always here. But the promise of there is always such that we overlook this in order to pursue the possibilities of that. The most natural instinct in the world, but also, in its subtle way, the most destructive. Quietly overlooking neutral feelings, overlooking the ordinariness of my life, this day, this moment, this. Because somewhere else it's more real, more complete, more perfect, more right, more enlightened, more balanced, more harmonious, more spiritually enriched, more stable, more satisfied, One of the best bumper stickers I ever saw was me, somewhere else tomorrow, finally happy and okay. (laughs) That's it, isn't it? That's what keeps the wheel turning. bringing the attention to neutral feelings, the weight of the body on the cushion, the chair, the feeling of your clothing on the skin. The unremarkable sensations in your fingers, your tongue sitting in your mouth, Swallowing some saliva. Totally unremarkable. These things we only notice when we can't swallow. When our body is unable to move, or there's pain, or some exquisite sensation. Oh, my fingers are soft. How painful. But just this, why bother? Not interesting, nothing there. (coughs) So we miss it and move on. Just semi-consciously scanning for the next thing. Dukkha Niroda, the cessation of suffering, needs to be realized, realized. So when there is peace, when there is non-becoming, we need to notice that. 
just like with neutral feeling, the unremarkable moment, the ordinary. We need to notice it. Like when the, the purring of the heating system stops. Notice how that ambient irritation when it ceases, we go, oh, it's so silent. When the refrigerator switches off. When a vehicle has passed by, there's a moment, a few seconds after the noise ceases or the sensation passes, the thought disappears. Oh. We notice the contrast between the presence and the absence. But usually, that quality of relief and delight only sustains itself for three or four seconds. When the heating turned off just before I started speaking, we probably all noticed, oh, oh yeah, it was humming, oh, a quiet one. Three. When's he going to start talking? What's that feeling in my left knee? Well, I'm tired today. Oh, now they've all got colds. <laughs> that completes the set. Phlegm mucus and snot. <laughs> Those three of the 32 parts of the body, now how do they go? It's hard to stay attentive to space, to silence. To the neutral. And if there isn't an object there, the mind will create one. But so much of, of practicing Dhamma, realizing Dhamma, is to do with this. We need to realize when the clinging ceases. To realize non-attachment. And to train the attention to stay with that quality of non-becoming, non-grasping. Openness. And this is going against instinct, the primordial conditioning of the, the living entity in a world of food and danger and sexual activity, fear of predators looking for the next meal, looking for the next mate, protecting your young, guarding your territory. It's primal instincts that populate the undercurrent of attitude. 
to the mind that's conditioned to protect and support the vulnerable being in a dangerous world. Space is totally uninteresting. Silence doesn't bear any possibilities or, or danger. Except the hush that comes over the forest when the tiger is prowling. Everything goes quiet. But the ear doesn't easily turn towards silence. The attention doesn't settle upon space. It goes to the objects. The more that we recognize the need to realize that dukkha niroda, the cessation of tension, and to sustain that in awareness, to get to know that quality of non-clinging, open-hearted awareness, not constructing self or time or even location. the more genuine peace is realized, is known. You can be with anything, any time, anybody. The whole world passes through awareness with, without friction. So as the, these last hours pass through, as this is the world we swallow, we embrace, let's make this an exercise in non-becoming, letting things cease, letting things end. And noticing the space that remains the space that is always here, just as with the breath. It isn't just a matter of the breath is there and there's an object. <coughs> the breath pauses and then the space appears. One of the, the things that is realized is that Silence isn't just there when the noise stops. Space isn't just there. It isn't just here when the objects vanish. Selflessness isn't just there when the I feeling is dissolved. But these are transparent in their actuality. 
So we can feel the breath moving, but the space through which it moves is not interrupted even while the breath is present. You maybe first notice that kind of silence and stillness when the, the purring of the heating system stops or the thought ends. We realize that quality of, of spaciousness, openness, at that juncture of change. But that spaciousness is actually here all the time. That stillness is here all the time. We just fail to realize it. We don't open it up. So as we develop this, this principle, this quality of realization, opening it up, awakening fully to each moment, letting go of the, the streams of becoming, we realize that this spaceless, timeless, selfless presence is utterly stable. It can never be disturbed. And into this space, through this space, the whole world can be received. The world of talking, traveling, becoming a person again, not just being blob 23, row, row 6, Zabuton F. You get a name, personality, a future, a past, a story. We put our costumes back on again. <clears throat> well, the costumes can come back on, but it's still transparent. The eye can be warm. But its, it's uh, insubstantiality still pertains. The Dhamma is still unlocated, selfless, timeless, all-encompassing. It's just because of the narrowness of focus that we miss it. We take the personality to be real, the traveling to be real, driving cars, engaging with airports, talking to friends, planning dinner. It all seems real, but just because the focus of attention has 
narrowed down, clamped upon uh, the details. If we pause and open, regardless of how busy or frustrating or confusing or exciting, painful, intense the the patterns might be. Utterly undisturbed. The Dhamma is always here. peaceful heart is always here, pure, radiant, all accepting, all relinquishing. The effort then is just to remember, to remember to open the present, to remember to realize dukkha niroda, the cessation of dukkha, when the clinging stops, to notice. The car passes, there's silence. Noticing that silence and staying with it, even as the sounds begin again. Silence is utterly undisturbed, uncorrupted, unembellished. Oh, we can use that to support this the listening to the, the nada sound. It's always here, like our never-departing companion. While I'm talking, while you're packing, driving on the highway, sitting here in the hall, out in the forest. It's always here. So it can remind us of that universal quality. <coughs> oh yes, here it is. Just like the Dhamma, beginningless, endless, Unlocated, timeless, non-personal. Just what it is. So easy to overlook. 
to forget, to miss. But when you notice it, so all-encompassing, all-pervasive. As we remember to tune into that, to notice that, just let that be the signal that reminds you, oh yes, relax, realize, release. And right there, right here, there's the cessation of becoming, Bhavani Roda. We're still cleaning the pot, we're still hearing the sound. The breath still comes in and out, but there's no becoming. No person to become, no past to transform into a future. No place to do it. Ajahn Chah used to ask the question, you can't go forwards and you can't go backwards, you can't stand still, where do you go? The Buddha Dharma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. So even though it's mysterious in terms of the perceptual world, our habitual world of me going places, doing things, in terms of Dhamma, it's perfectly real, perfectly reasonable. This is the place of non-abiding. If we think in terms of self and time and place, it's impossible. So what it means is, let go of the constructions. Stop creating self, time, location. And then the dukkha ceases. As the Buddha said, there is that sphere of being where There is the neither a coming nor a going nor a standing still. This is the cessation of suffering. All it takes is a firm commitment to awaken to this moment, a commitment to relinquishing those habitual props, habitual pr protagonists, habitual stories. And then in that relinquishing, and peace and freedom are right here. 
we we all feel we want we long for liberation but when we consider in this way then we realize i can't be liberated i can never be free because the i is the prison Yeah, if only there was me without any problems. But the me is the problem. I could just go about life, do my thing, and <clears throat> have no limitations, no worries, no problems, no difficulties. That would be great. But the, the I is the problem. <laughs> The I is the prison. So I can never get free from prison because the I is the prison. But freedom is possible.
Right now we can hear, but not a sound. The other noises of the world mingle with it. Bird chirping in the garden, a cough, deep breathing, little movements in the room, my voice. Whether or not a sound persists, pertains. Maybe we pick it up more clearly between the, the words. But it's always here. Turn the attention to it, we notice it. Focus closely, it gets really loud. Absorb into a train of thought. Vanishes completely. But then the more that we develop that sustaining attention, abiding attention, listening, opening, then even as the words are continuing, as the bird chirps, the nada sound is still here. It never disappears. It's not truly occluded by other sounds. This is why it's such a wonderful symbol for Dhamma itself. For the true nature of mind itself. Ever-present, unwavering, all-supporting. John Cage wrote a, a book called Silence, which begins with the words, If you let it, it supports itself. You don't have to. Each something is a celebration of the nothing which supports it. When you remove the world from your shoulders, you discover it doesn't drop. Where is the responsibility? The Dhamma <coughs> is the nothing which supports everything. The no thing, that which is not a thing, but which is the basis of all reality. In some ways ephemeral, intangible. In other ways, the only real thing there is are mysterious. So we can make this, these hours we have together an opportunity to, to listen to the silence, to attend to that 
no thing which supports everything. To notice that, to remember, oh yes, here it is. And to similarly notice the, the change in the heart when that recollection is applied. Suddenly the world is in balance, the wheel is running true. Life has a little more color. There's peace, completion. So simple. And then when we get excited, oh wow, this is great. I'm going to do this all the time. We lost it again. Damn, I'm always getting overexcited, then I lose it. Lost it again. Okay, now I'm really going to do it. <laughs> and again. Relax. Just opening up the present. The Dhamma is like the most faithful companion you ever had. It's always here to come back to. Like the breath, no matter how many times you wander, drift, how far, how weird your distractions, abstractions, How important, how insane, how profane, serious, complicated, poetic, emotional, whatever sidetrack we disappeared at, whatever it might be in terms of content, the breath is always here to come back to. The Dhamma is always here to return to. It never gives up on you. Have you noticed how many times you've been distracted from the breath or from the nada sound? And when you've gone back to the breath, you found that it's just walked out on you? That's enough. I've had it. <laughs> She's gone off one too many times. I'm leaving. She'll come back and I won't be here, so there. Never does that, does it? It's like the, the ultimately patient lover that no matter how far you wander, how wildly you lose it, is always there to come back to. Oh, like home, the real homestead, our real home, regardless of our wanderings. It's the uh, perfectly stable home to return to. Never fails. Never gives up. Never wobbles. 
is always here. Because it's what we are. So, in that sense, it couldn't go anywhere. All it takes is a simple gesture of wakeful relaxation. It joins the partnership of diligent effortlessness, undistracted non-meditation, and ferocious ferocious stillness. The whole gang of them. And we we receive the results of that homecoming immediately, right here. The fruits of Dhamma practice are, are always available. They're always here. We just need to to pick them, to taste them, to remember.
<coughs> we can do the uh, Reflections on Universal Well-Being, page uh, 41. <coughs> In freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may I maintain well-being in myself. May everyone abide in well-being, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may they maintain well-being in themselves. May all beings be released from all suffering, and may they not be parted from the good fortune they have attained. When they act upon intention, all beings are the owners of their action and inherit its results. Their future is born from such action, companion to such action, and its results will be their home. All actions with intention be they skillful or harmful, such acts they will be the heirs. Enlightened and blessed one, Buddhang Bhagavandang Abhiwademi. I render homage to the Buddha, the blessed one. Savakado Bhagavata Dhammo. The teaching so completely explained by him. Dhammang Namasami, I bow to the Dhamma. Supati Pano Magavato Savakasango, the blessed one's disciples who have practiced well. Sangang Namami, 
I bow to the Sangha.